With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, I think we're live again. Lee, can you hear me? Lee, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Lee? Is moving. Okay, can you hear me What's now? Happening? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Let me turn my mic up just a hair. Okay. Now it says we're recording. Okay, good. So hopefully we can. All right, let's go, Family Spirit. International take two. Okay. Okay, we're well, here. We are. Um, let's see. Um, hey, everybody, welcome to Family Spirit. Uh, I'm going to play our disclaimer. So hold on just a second.
being able to delve into his So now we're officially starting Family Spirit International tonight. We're talking about divination and specifically about tarot cards. Um, I have several that came in the mail today. It's Christmas at my house. Oh, nice. Check this out. I've got the Starseed Oracle cards. I've got the Silver Witchcraft. Nice. See, there's all these new things I get to learn because I don't know how to do tarot cards. Amazing. Oh, okay. Nobody's ever this taught is, me. So, it's going to work out great then. Past life. This one is Reiki. That I know about. Mm -hmm. This one is Shaman Medicine Tarot Cards. I know that one. This is Oracle and Mermaids. And then the last one I have Besides, uh, well, the next to the last, Heaven and Earth tarot cards. Oh. And then the last one is called TV Series Tarot. Really? And the lovely people that printed this did not put the book in it. So I'm running around on the internet trying to find the book. <laughs> yeah, so um, with each one of them, there's a theme, but overall, it's the same effect. Um, the uh, TV series has pictures of people on television that look like, uh, uh, what's his name? What's that guy's name? Clint Eastwood. Clint, Clint Eastwood, yeah. Johnny Depp. I think that one's Keanu Reeves. Yes. I don't know who she is. A woman sitting in a chair with a great big stick. I have no idea. Oh, this one. This one is uh, Snow White. Oh. So each one of these means something. Okay, that one's supposed to be Trump. Okay. But I don't know what each one of these mean. Look, look like, so, like Joe Biden and a dead Trump. <laughs> uh, I had a dream about them last night. Ugh. And they were having a blast. They were, having, they were playing poker. Drinking like hell. So basically what these cards are about, okay? Basically it's a divination tool and, and you have to understand that any tool can be used for divination purposes. I do egg readings where you crack an egg into water and you can see all the bubbles and everything and you can read it. There's different, I want to do that for you. I want to do that for you, Blaine. Right and I know we're on radio, but I'll have to just tell people what's going on. But we'll do that another time. I do tea leaf readings. No, I saw you do that at Stan's Con. And it was pretty so cool. much fun. And then these are tarot cards. So this one basically is saying that mermaids are the mess. 
messengers between the world of the ocean and the world of human. They're loving, adventurous, kind, and daring, and mermaids can teach you ways to heal your past, your love, and how to love more deeply, live authentically, embrace your creativity, and find your purpose. So basically, this is about feminine energy, and it's about the, the two, the air and the water, which would be two elements of the earth. So that's what you're tapping into with this. And then you just have to find it, you know, when you have the cards in your hand, you just flip through and, okay, this card. You know, it's not like a card trick. You know, you can just spread them all out on the table yeah. and, and pick the ones you want. Uh, any tarot card pack, you can do a three-card reading, and it's past, present, and future. Okay, cool. The Silver Witch... I haven't opened yet. Let's see what it says, Blaine. Yes. Because each one of them, like I said, it has a special purpose. The um, the Oracle Mermaids, like I said, was to teach you about the feminine energy and the connection between the earth and the water. And that's a lot about healing when you talk about water. Oh, yeah. And creation. When you talk about feminine energy, you have to talk about that. So the silver, silver witch tarot cards are absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can see the queen of pentacles. There's the death card, king of pentacles, the hanged man. So they have versions of the same thing that's in the tarot. So you don't need a a, uh, a guide to be able to tell people how to do it. If you have already have the guide for tarot, it would still work for this. Uh, pack. Yeah. I prefer having a pack of uh, instructions yeah. in the car. Yeah, one of these days I'm going to sit down with you and actually have you teach me how to do tarot cards. I do use Reiki a lot. So do I. Um, so. But I have to make sure that I'm not putting my energy in. I, um, I actually did the mayor's card reading. You were telling me that. Paranormal conference. And he said, oh, my God, you're, you're telling me all about my job right now. And he said the next time we came to town, he wanted to take us out to dinner. Oh, right on. He said, I've never had anything like this done before. And I said, well, you know, first time for everything. And he said that, that you made a believer out of me. It made me feel so good. It was fun to be a little adventurous, you know. Oh, I could tell he had a lot on his shoulders. So I thought maybe a card reading would be fun and exciting something new for him. Yeah, I meant to ask you all. Just so excited that Colin was there. Yeah, he was so excited. He was just walking around like a kid in a candy shop. Okay, this one is called the Shaman Medicine. Oh. And I don't need a book for this one because I already have a pack of these. So let's do Blaine's reading tonight. Yeah, then, then, then you're me the guinea pig. <laughs> yes, you're the guinea pig. All right. So I'm going to shuffle like this. Here, let me put it down. And you tell me when to stop from your three cards. Okay, that was one. Do the top three. Of the top three? Yeah. Okay, got it. So the top three for you 
Oh, cool. Isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. Okay, so, so for those of you on radio, you're not able to see what we have here. Uh, the medicine wheel is a bunch of stones side by side in a circle. And then inside the middle of the circle, there's a smaller circle. And then there's flowers all around it. And then there's um, symbols on the stones that are the infinity symbol. And I find it very interesting that that particular um, symbol is, um, it goes from the Native American side to Asia. So it's, uh, wow. they've been able to confirm that particular seal. So, um, and, you know, they didn't know each other. They didn't know each other existed at that time. No. So for them to both come up with that's pretty interesting. So with the medicine wheel, it's, it's power and healing. Usually it means good fortune. So uh, it's telling you that you have lots of power, um, that you are going to be con uh, conquering obstacles. You'll be able to uh, do some healing on some friends, and it's going to feel really fantastic. You already did that once yeah. recently. Yeah. But uh, the medicine wheel means to continue. You will continue being able to do the things that you enjoy doing uh, in order to, to help people. The medicine shield stands for, and it's beautiful, there's an eagle in the middle, and it's got like a dream catcher, but it's made of leather. It's a circle, but it's made of leather. There's an eagle on the inside of it, and it has the eagle feathers. And um, it has arrows coming out, uh, out with the arrow pointing outwards in a circle all around the eagle's head. Well, when you have arrows that are pointing out, that means you're going to conquer. It means a, sort of a fight, but it's, it's not really, a, it doesn't have to be a fight. It can be an emotional um, problem. It can be a problem at work, but it means that, that this bird plan, a bird here, is going to protect you. Good. It's a shield, and it circles. So that means it encompasses your whole family. It encompasses you, um, not just you, but your spirit guides. Everything is protected. Right on. Inside the circle. But we knew this, didn't we? Yeah. And then the last one is a medicine mask. And when you talk about a mask like this, it usually means that um, you, you want to be confidential and private in order to do the things that you've done to heal people, help people, love people, conquer problems. Well, this one is saying to be your authentic self. Remove the mask. Oh. And this is for the future. It's telling you that you need to be true to yourself. But this is going to protect you, your medicine shield. What you do will protect you and sort you from people that are not your friends and people that are. But the medicine mask is reminding you it's safe for you to be yourself. I like that. Because you know so me, I'm going to be myself anyway. <laughs> I thought you'd like those because it's so your walk anyway. Yeah. Beautiful cars. They are gorgeous. Thank you for that. I've always wanted to have a reading done. And it was, it was dead on because you watched with me us healing that little girl, you, me, you, and 
somebody cast off something onto her. And me and Lee and Matt had to go do Reiki on her. When we first got to her, the color in her face was completely gone. It was solid white. She was profusely sweating. She has asthma. And me and Lee both calmed down her asthma, which she could breathe. And then we both concentrated on her getting that negative energy that attached to her off of her. And then we could slowly see the color coming back into her cheeks. Her smile. Yeah, that was that was a hard situation because she didn't understand what was happening. No, yeah. Um, she was confusing her feelings with the person that it cast off. Yep. The emotion, uh, like somebody was um, having some sort of an emotional struggle, is what I picked up. Yeah. Um, really fighting within themselves, and she picked up on it and thought it was herself. Yeah, and it was so to where she said, I just didn't want to be a, a bother to anybody. I was just keeping it to myself. Sometimes you need to communicate. That's when right. you started working on her, blames she started coming around. Yeah. And the next thing and the next thing I knew, she was she was called she told me I thought I was becoming possessed. Yeah. And I said that's because that's what it feels like when you're an extreme empath. Oh yeah. yeah. And we, we both taught her. Yeah, and we taught her how to shield herself, how to say the use the word no, because you don't want a spirit attached to you. You tell it no. It does not have my permission to attach to me. And I told her. So smart. And we taught her how. To ground herself, I, I told her the simple way, and Matt taught her the more explicit way to do it. I gave yeah, you he know, loves to be detailed. Yeah, and mine, so mine's just, mine's just The way that you went right in, I was so impressed. Stan was like, I said, he said, all I did was said, I need help. And he said, you leave her out the damn door like your asses were on fire. <laughs> And, and, and 
they didn't get mad at me. They were like, we're, we're learning. I said, that's one of the most. I, and the guy that did the lead on it, he was pretty good. But I sort of see how that me, you, and Matt sort of just took over by accident or just maybe we were told, hey, y'all need to take this over. And then we started teaching. Well, people had questions, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're just waiting up for this one man to to deal with it, you know. Well, I know the guy's been investigating for a while, but I don't think he has any of the gifts that me, you, and Matt have. No, he's in a different, he, he has a different gift. I, I he has the gift of um, physical uh, ability. Yeah. He's looking at he was looking at the um, the, te- the technical side of things and how you move things and where you say the, the timing of how you communicate, sure. trying to keep people separated. So he was more of a an analyst and yes. uh, you know keeping things organized. That's where exactly you and right. I are the spiritualist, the spiritualist medium. Matt is a emotional medium. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think you or Matt have ever seen me so mad as I was Saturday night with that with that one clown costume suit. He was definitely a clown. And I'll go ahead and say it over there. It was a, an old Ku Klux Klan outfit. And the person that wore it was nothing but pure evil. And he hid behind his mask. He was a serial killer, a rapist. He was a serial killer. Yep, a child molester, uh, bestiality. This this dude just like did anything wrong you could do wrong, he did. Right, absolutely. And he uh, used that uniform or costume, I don't know what to call it, as a way to hide, to protect his, his deeds. Yep. And, so. and I told him he was a straight-up coward. I said, you love attacking women and little girls. Come play with me, big boy. I said, you really want to play? We'll play. Yeah, you guys were in battle mode. I was so tired. And I was working a lot with the children. Yeah, I was doing that too. But when, I, when it came time to do business, and I knew what I had to do, I, I can tell you this, I was so mad because he went after Matt. Uh, he sure did. He went after Matt. And here's the thing, he went after Matt's stepfather. Yep. Who the moment that heir. we called them, they said that, you know, we had a problem. They took My husband's stepfather has a, a physical illness that's pretty, pretty as serious as it gets. And, uh, this stupid thing called my stepfather, Matthew's stepfather's name. And uh, when he called his mom, his mom said, yeah, he's having a problem, and we got the details of it. Yeah, we well, not only called his name, he called his full name, not once, but twice. Terrifying. And it was the, terrifying. Oh, I was, I was ready to whoop his ass. And I wanted I, to, my... This is one of the reasons why I stayed back, and I'm so glad we have this opportunity to talk about this, because I wanted to, to get your feeling 
and I know this is really a very personal conversation, but I don't mind the listeners hearing this because this is how people that are true mediums that communicate with each other and rely on each other, this is the kind of thing that, that we talk about. Yes. So when I first saw this stupid uh, costume, only thing I could think of was he wanted the voice. He wanted me to touch him, touch the fabric of this thing, and he wanted to have the opportunity to speak. And uh, he had some messages. And I did feel like he was remorseful, but then when I didn't help him, he became vengeful. Oh, he was already vengeful before you tried to help him. I know, but that's what he he, he was making. Oh, yeah, he, now he was slick. He yes, would try yes. to tell you what you wanted to hear, but I'm like, no, I'm not believing the words you say. And after he went after Matt's stepdad twice, then he went after you, then he went after Stan, then he went after Teresa, and then Michael was Michael Fox is still in the room with it. And it actually ran Jeremy out of the room. Yeah. The Jeremy said, it oh. made him sick. So those of you listening, when he says, did these things, if he was actually calling out people's names. Yep. And then the person would have a physical reaction that he created, which to me was extremely powerful for the type of idiot he was. Yeah. So there had to be some sort of dabbling there with some sort of dark energy, dark forces. And it was, I don't know if I'm just so well protected. It tried everything with me. It, it, it tried to show me roaches on the wall. I'm like, okay, it's a roach. I've seen them many times. Then it was like, I'm going to start showing you clowns. I'm like, go ahead. Bring it. Um, yeah. What really pissed me off, though, when he called out my wife and said, now I'm going to get your wife and your dogs. I'm like, the hell you say? And that's when I went into uh, warrior mode. I even walked, I'd leave and tell you, I walked outside the ground myself and talked to Janelle, my spirit guide. And say, look, I need as many as you can send right now to protect Jennifer. And then I want yes. all you can send me because I'm not playing fair with this guy no more. And this is what's so funny. Before we left the con and went to the, the library where the suit was put back, Matt told me, he says, I want to make him beg. I said, I said, that's fine. I want to make him cry, and I want him to beg again. And we got to the point where he said, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you're not. You're just trying to make me hear what I want to hear. And and I could tell, I could feel your energy, your, your line POS. I said, for one, you already see how many tribes I've got around you. You see a bear? And I said the wolf to Matt's dad, stepdad, yeah. uh, because Janelle and Baron 
thousand Native American troops or tribes. You know, I think I pretty well had it surrounded. <clears throat> but he was still to fight almost to the very end. Um, he uh, did something to Shawana, the only the black lady that was there, sweetheart, and it made her start doubting herself. I talked to her, I had to talk to her yesterday and, and say, look, he has no hold on you ever. He don't have a hold on himself right now. Um, and I, I just remember being so focused and so mad. The next thing I know is I'm bearing teeth at this thing and I've got 50 wolves on one side, 50 bears on the other side of me. And it was almost like I was a pack leader, all of them. And I was literally just showing my teeth and just. Yeah, you were so upset. And, and, and there was a reason to be. You were in straight battle. And, and I could tell this thing of, he scared us all shit of you. I said he should be. I told him I wouldn't go to play fair. You go out to my family, it's just home. I said, I'm not going to let you get away with nothing ever again. I'm going to bounce you so hard inside this box that you will not move. You will not do nothing. And at first, I was going to put him in the abyss. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I'm going to leave him to his thoughts. Stuck in that box, no, he's trapped there forever. He's never, ever going to move out of that box ever again. Um, excuse me. And then, um, I was just amazed because I, you know, I'm, I, I pay attention to what's around me. I was not only focused on him, everybody at the table that was there. All I saw, except for Matt, Matt's done this enough times like me. Everybody else up there had never seen something like that. Doesn't, even Stan said that. And all I could see was when I look around was people's mouths going. And I, I never cussed at him, but I told him what that we were going to do to him. I said, I will make you cry. I will make you beg twice. Yeah. I said, one time you're going to beg for messing with Matt, and you're going to beg another time for messing with my wife. Those are three, yeah. of, three of my favorite people in the whole world. They're family to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I still, still think somebody from that house, not a person, but a spirit was feeding him stuff. I totally agree there. How did he know the things that he knew? Yeah, because when that young girl brought the thing over to the, where we had the Paracon, I grabbed it from her mid-parking lot, and I took it into the room where it went to. I opened the box, and I put just a slight little binding spell on it. Uh, not a stone, just enough to bind him to that table for the moment. And so we let people actually come in there and experience. And 
you see people they walk in, they'd be in there like 15, 20 seconds, they're back out the door. I wouldn't move. Everybody was like, everybody was uncomfortable around it. It was like, ooh, ooh, and then off we went. Like I, I said, I, like, I, it was luring me. Oh, it like, was trying. Oh, it was trying. Um, I stayed in there as long as I wanted to with it. Then I want to go get a smoke. I take out, go have a smoke. Recharge, get me another glass of sweet tea. Then I go mess with it some more. I was trying to rile it up. I wasn't provoking it. I was just trying to rile it up. Yeah. Well, you have to see what you're dealing with. Well, I want to know exactly what I want to see. I want to see how strong he actually was. I want to know <coughs> how many more tries I needed. Because, like, I don't play fair with them, especially when they're assholes like he was. Um, now, this is the funny part. When we got it, when I sealed that box, we put it back in the room that it was in. Stan sealed the door. I sealed the door in Cherokee, and then my last two lines that came out of my mouth were Latin. I remember seeing part of that. It was. I heard. I heard this coming out of my mouth. Dominos crystals, immaculate. Blah blah. I'm like, where in the hell did that come from? Well, I do love the Latin sound. And it, it, it was coming out of my mouth like I spoke it forever. And I don't remember much Latin. I remember uh, E Pluribus Unum, uh, <laughs> a few other little words. <coughs> Sorry. I burned a lot of trash yesterday. My voice is, is hoarse from all the damn smoke. Yeah. But, yeah, well, and, and, and it, it surprised me. And it's like I even had to tell myself, um, I don't know Latin, how am I speaking Latin? Then I asked, because I said, can I go back to speaking Cherokee? And then just like that, it was back to Cherokee again. And I still... I really, I've, I've often thought you were a conduit for battle. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is when I called upon everything, even though I'm not Christian or Catholic or nothing like that, I think St. Michael was the one speaking Latin through me at the end. But, because it sort of freaked me out, because I don't speak Latin. Now, the Cherokee, that shit just comes flowing out of my mouth when I say it. Yeah. And it's like, damn, damn, I'm doing this pretty good, because it's sort of scary. It's, it's almost like I've spoke that language my whole life. And I guess in my subconscious, since I am Cherokee, it is in my DNA. But I, I, I couldn't That's have. true, it is. I, could, I, I couldn't right. have everyday conversations in it. But when I go to battle, that stuff just comes flying out of my mouth. <coughs> like a sailor cussing because he didn't get, get shortly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but. That was, I hate to say it was fun for me, but it was fun. I, I got, except.
excited. You love a good fight. You're a you're a soldier. Well, to the core, my friend. And it's like <laughs> as soon as I walked in the Dagon library, Jeremy comes down and got this shaded grin on his face and said, Dude, there's so much upstairs. And I'm like, Battle. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I said, I don't get it. I, I was like, just try not to stop from laughing and going, Ooh, I can go back. I can fight something. I can fight something. I got happy like a kid at Christmas time. Hey, I've, I've got a curious question. Sure. Have you heard anything about anyone uh, seeing the grave, was the grave woman in Charleston with this uh, hurricane? I've heard rumors about her in Charleston and in South Florida. I have too. The gray lady. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. And then there's also the gray man. Yes. Um, here, let me tell everybody what's going on with that. So, um, a ghost was reported being seen on Pauly's Island, South Carolina, that warns residents that a severe storm is coming, including hurricanes. And uh, people see her and they're like, oh, we got to get out of here. It's the gray lady. And there's also a gray man. And the legend states that the gray man is the ghost of a young man traveling from Charleston to see his fiance in 1822. Oh, wow. He was on his way, and it was just him and his horse, and they were caught in some quicksand uh, called a pluff uh, mud. Yeah. Mud. Uh, that's what we call quicksand in the South. Yeah. In <laughs> South Carolina. And in the marshes before Polly's Island, and he died. Mm. So his spirit haunts the shore ever since, looking for the girl he loves. And uh, it's been in, it's been featured in several books. Oh, wow! Uh, in the forties and the fifties, but when Hugo hit, uh, there were residents that said they saw the gray man. Yeah, and it was featured in Unsolved Mysteries. Um, yeah. It was featured on several different things. I think the <laughs> Weather Channel. Oh my fact, gosh. I think, I think that Jeremy did something with the Weather Channel about the great man. He did. Okay, good. Maybe yeah, we're talking about Jeremy and now we're talking about the weather because I was just on the phone with a guy who's uh, at an incredible radio station. And uh, he could meet with me tonight because he's actually meeting about the type of um, uh, aid that his radio station's getting ready to do for the people of Charleston. Oh, right on. Because he has a house on Polly's Island. And it took a lot of damage. So, but it, we're talking about Jeremy thinking about the hurricane, and yeah. I guess this is why it came up. But I hope that the gray man was seen and um, the, the gray woman. Yeah. I know that American Supernatural series and the Weather Channel did something, Unsolved Mysteries did something, because there's so many people that have seen them. Yes. And I, we should ask around. I know I've seen several men in gray, but most of those were Confederate soldiers. Um, I have seen a lot of women in uh, real white dresses, uh, real real pretty blue dresses, uh, green dresses. I love those blues. They're uh, so white, they've got a blue yeah. to it, 
enchanting. Or, I know. Or that building oh, is so enchanting. The gray lady, um, there's actually vacation rentals on Polly's Island because Polly's Island residents actually embrace her so much. They've named this entire rental. It's a single-story beach house situated, you know, on the south side of Polly's Island. And they've named it the Great Lady. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I just wondered. I think I'm going to post and ask if anybody in that area had, you know, saw or heard someone else talk about seeing the uh, Great Lady. Yeah. Let's hope. Well, that's funny. There's a there's a story in Montgomery about Huntington College. Um, it's a private college in Montgomery, and there is a lady in a red red dress. They call her the Red Lady of Huntington College. And if you go there certain times of night, it's still an active dorm. There's still females that live there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And if you go by there, like I think around ten, ten thirty. At night, just ride by, you'll see one of the rooms lit up, and the room is, it, it's, the room's red, and everything else is turned off. It's not like somebody's got a black light in there. Because um, I got a, a buddy of mine who's a professor there, and he says, yeah, that's the one room they do not, they use it as storage. They don't put students in that room. And it's usually dark in there. So we were seeing, I've seen her probably 15 times, walk across the red, walk across the window. But yes, nobody actually lives in that dorm room. Because they use it as storage, because nobody will stay there long enough. Plus, it's a Christian college, too, so they probably get a little freaked out thinking the devil's trying to get them or something. But yeah. Yeah. I ain't the devil right anymore. Now. Let's see while we're on here. On the show, if somebody can, you know, say, yeah, my neighbor said something uh, about seeing it, you know, let's see. Well, you know what's cool, too? And this goes back to ancient times, that they would see spirits right before stuff would happen. Roman soldiers uh-huh. would actually um, go to an oracle or um, a, a soothsayer. And have them point out what was going to happen during their battles. And if you tell them, you're okay if this spirit walks by. But if you have two, if you have three spirits walk by, you're going to lose the battle. (laughs) So the Roman soldiers would not fight that day. Really? that, That would go all the way up to the commander. Commander said, oh, hell no, we see, the th- we see the three spirits, we don't fight today. If there was one, hell be it to whoever they were fighting that day. And a lot of armies did that. The Spartans wouldn't fight unless they saw an oracle or a soothsayer. Or um, the Chinese wouldn't do it. Uh, the, the, the Vikings wouldn't do it. Uh, the Native Americans would not fight. If they had certain omens show, or certain spirits that would show, like if they saw, let's say they they saw an eagle and a crow together. That's serious. Um, no, that was the only. I know it is. 
especially if it was seen by two or more people, it was like, nope, we're not doing, we're, we're, we're hiding today. And they would, they lived to fight another day because they wouldn't go into battle that day. That's so scary. I know. It's scary, but it's cool as hell, too, how all of these different tribes, because that's basically all they were were tribes around the world, and how they a lot of them followed the same thing and never talked to each other, never seen each other. But they would take it as a bad sign and would not fight. They would actually, a lot of times, they would send out a messenger to the other, the other army they were fighting and tell them what was going on. They thought it was an omen, too. So they were like, uh, hell no, not today. Okay, we'll fight y'all tomorrow. Same time, same channel. But hey, tomorrow, y'all just go bury your dead, do what you're going to do, and we'll, we'll be fighting again tomorrow. We're going to try this again tomorrow, but today is not happening. Yeah, today is not happening. Talk about calling out of work. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Hey, boss, I saw the three ghosts. You saw what? All right, that's it. We're done for today. Get in the car. Let's go home. Buddy, I'd be seeing three ghosts a whole lot. Do me the most. I'd be seeing some, some ghosts if they got me out of fighting. Yeah, I... That's I'm scared of myself in fighting in wars. Well, I don't you, know if I ever had to do that because. Oh, yeah, you have. <laughs> Several times. That's why you do spiritual battles so well. You have fought in actual wars, like me and Matt have. Uh, Several times. Yeah. And you know, at one time you were a Spartan, and Spartan women fought. Alongside with the men. They, that amazing? They were some badass. That amazing. Those were some <laughs> badass women. God, um, Viking women fought alongside their men. <clears throat> and they could fight. They could hold their own. I mean, straight up yeah. hold their own. Uh, now, there were some Native American tribes that would actually use women to fight, too. Unless they were childbearing age, and they still wanted them to keep their 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 legacy going, so it might be a lady over 40, 45 that can't have no more children, but she go out there and fight alongside with them, or she they use them as decoys to make them think that there's more uh, fighters out there than there actually are, and. They would outflank them and come around the other side and knock out the, the U.S. cavalry and stuff. They were smart. I mean, can you think that about it? pretty smart. When you think about it, even before the white man even got to this country, Indians have been fighting Indians forever. They'd fight each other over hunting ground. They'd fight each other over water. They'd fight each other because somebody kidnapped one of their squaws. Or they stole a horse or stole something from them. And they go to war about it. And they usually fight when one side was dead or one side just 
gave up and said, okay, you can have it. Take it. It's yours. Yeah. We'll move. But see, I love little history facts like that that they don't talk to you about in school. Yeah, I do too. I mean, knowing <clears throat> the military history that I know, that they still, to this day, Army does it, Navy does it, Air Force does it, Marine Corps does it. They teach the Chinese art of war. It is still taught. They still teach Roman tactics that Romans used. Where they have like a turtle shell where they're covered with shields. And they'd have, they'd have the shields covered and they'd have four or five of them with two spears in each hand. And they're stabbing through as, as they're, they're being shielded. Just some of the techniques they used in ancient times, they still use versions of them today. Because I've actually sat through uh, the class where they taught about that. Um, when I worked over at Maxwell, we got to sit in on one of their lessons just to see what they uh -huh. did. And that day they were talking about how the Romans would use these tactics. And, and some of the funny stuff they told us is like, you know, the Roman soldiers never actually got paid money. They got paid in beer and salt. The salt was worth more than money. And, and if they didn't get their daily beer stipend, they wouldn't fight in that day. <laughs> <laughs> they already had a union, huh? Hell yeah. And then, because what would happen... I don't know if you've ever heard idle time, idle hands. Yes, I have. So they would have, when Romans wouldn't have enough battle people, they would actually send them out to do building projects. One good prime example is Hayden's Wall that they built in England. They divided uh, what they called the northern part of it, the uh, wilderness, and below the wall was civilization. But yeah, they had them working on Hayden's Wall, which is still standing in England today. 95% um, of the roads that were built in Rome actually still work or being used today. You look at the roads now, they can't put one in there without fixing a bottle for 10 years. And you got yeah. 3,000 year old roads that still working like damn champ. <laughs> Amazing, though. I love, I love the history part of that like that. When I got to go to Rome, uh, when I was in the military, we went down in the bowels of the Colosseum. You know they could actually flood that place and have naval battles inside there? What? Yes. They could flood it and have actual naval battles inside the Colosseum. Down below they would have what they would do is they take these big sheets of slate and they had it cut perfectly where it fit around the whole Coliseum. And they put that on the floor and then they flood it with water. They would take um, water coming off the aqueducts and they would uh, route it right into the Coliseum and they'd fill it up probably about 10, 15 feet deep. 
and then they bring have ships in there, and they would have actual naval battles inside there. And then they could take that all down within like two hours. And then they'd go back to regular floor again. Then they'd have gladiator fights. They'd have you no know, fighting against wild animals. Uh, they'd have animals fight other animals. All for the entertainment oh, wow. of the people. Yeah. And one of the things about it, the Coliseum, was the way it was set up. Now, of course, richer people got better seats. The poor people, they still got to go in, but they set up in the rafters, but they could still see everything. Because it, it held, I think, around 70,000 people when it was full. Um, but yeah, you go down the bottom of it, and you can see like little walls and stuff where they held the gladiators and where they held the animals. And <clears throat> they'd have a room that was a weapons room, so they let the gladiators go pick what they're going to use to fight with that day. And the gladiator could actually earn his freedom if he wants so many fights. Plus, this oh my God. Is, oh wait, plus, gladiators actually had groupies. Are you serious? Rich women literally would bid on them for a night and have their sexual oh. ways with them. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. And well, hello. I know it was like, okay, you want Big Brutus over there? Okay, he'll be, you know, this many denari. And they they pay it up. He'd go home with her, do his thing, and they'd take him right back to the gladiator place where they kept the gladiators and trained them. Yeah, you, you know, you're, they, they called you a rock star if, if women would buy you for a night. I'm like, wow. I said, I didn't know that. Damn, that's pretty damn cool. And if, <laughs> I, I mean, hell, you, you think about it now. It you, you think about it now. Entertainers, no athletes, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at somebody like Elvis. That man could have had any woman he wanted. And he probably did. <laughs> and he probably did. But the same with the gladiators. They would do the same thing. Then if they won like five battles in a row, they would be given a choice to become Roman citizens or they'd still be a citizen, but they'd train other gladiators. So they didn't have to fight in the arena no more. They could train people to fight. Or they would give them actually a piece of land that they could, they could have. They gave it to them. And they wow. could go make their farm or build a house or do what they want to. It was their land. And since they earned their freedom, they wasn't taxed like every other Roman citizen was. Really? They, yeah, they earned their freedom that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love good old history like that. That stuff is fascinating to me. Especially, it was built to entertain that's pretty bad when your entertainment is going watching people try to kill each other. But, but I think they did make theaters as well, and they would have plays, and they would have uh, like songs. They'd have like you know bands up there playing songs, and um, they just did a lot. They did a lot of stuff. 
stuff. They'd have comedy acts that would come up and, and do comedy. People that could juggle, all that fun stuff for entertainment. And it didn't cost the people nothing to go into them because it was you know, part of their tax money that they paid in. And a lot of people don't know that the Roman emperor was actually um, required to feed everybody in Rome. So he would take, he'd have farmers growing grain. And then he would get his cut of it for himself. And then he'd take another cut of it that went back to the people. And because he knew if he didn't keep providing grain, that they could uh, uh, rise up and try to make a coup against him. Because you don't feed people, they get hungry, they get desperate. You know? That's true. You don't want that. <laughs> no. So if they would have grain shortages, he would actually send ships over to Spain and buy grain from Spain. Well, he wouldn't even have to buy it because he, he controls Spain pretty much anyway. So he'd go over there and take what he needed, bring it back, feed the Romans. Uh, he did a lot of the same things with, with Britain, uh, with France, uh, Greece, because... They, in Egypt, they controlled so much territory at one time that they overexposed themselves from defending how large of an area of territory that they actually controlled. That is so fascinating to think about all these different yeah. uh, moving parts about another culture. Yeah. And what was so cool about the Colosseum, too, it is still haunted to this day because there are so many people that died in that place. Oh, yeah. So many people that died there because of trauma. Yeah. One of the cool things for me when we were down underneath where you could see, like, like the walls where the cages and stuff were. Oh, geez. You could actually pick up on the energy of, like, the, the, the scaredness, the excitement, um, you know, trying to psych themselves out to go out there and not die today. Um, you can feel the animals in there um, not sure what's going on, so they're, they're pacing back and forth. Um, we would see, like, Roman soldiers walk across one side to the other, and then they'd come back and they'd have a gladiator and drag him out and and they had actually had an elevator, believe it or not. They could bring them up from the bottom. Now, of course, it was done with pulleys and ropes. Yeah. But, but they would put them on the stand, and they'd raise them up. And it was like it was magic, like they were coming out of the ground. It would have, have been a sight to see. Especially, yeah, if you're not, especially like the first time you go see, it's like, okay, what kind of magic is this? Or what yeah. kind of sorcery is this? That they can actually lift people from the ground. And no, I didn't even think about that. I know. I'm sure that people thought that was raising the dead nearly. Oh, God, yeah. Well, it was funny because I, gladiators had so many different uniforms that they could wear. So you might see one guy has this uniform on today, but he died. And then the next day, there'll be another dude with the same outfit on. And, and like you said, they thought they were 
raised the dead. You know, from, from a distance, all they see is the same helmet, same breastplate. Um, yeah. And it, that would have been pretty cool. That way, that way that fighter can also keep the marketing because they wanted people to come. Oh, they had no problem getting people to come. Um, they would do these 100 days straight. And it would cost the, it would cost the Roman Empire in today's money it would be in billions, but they'd have celebrations for a hundred days. They'd have wow. oh yeah, it was it was amazing. And this is a funny thing: they actually had food vendors inside the Colosseum, like fast food, like you go to a football game now, you go get your coke yeah. and a hot dog. They had vendors that would sell food and drink. So it was like football games, yeah. food trucks. They were making money. Oh, oh, God, they were making money. Like hand over fist. Well, think yeah. about it, because most of those 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 uh, stuff events in the Coliseum would be from from dawn to right after dark. So you're there, you're trapped, and nobody ever left because they wanted to see what was going to happen next. You know, like trying to watch a train wreck. You want to see what the hell happened. Your curiosity gets a hold of you. So they get hungry, they go buy them like a, like what we would call a sandwich. More like the Greeks would call a gyro or a gyro or whatever you want to call it. And uh -huh. get a sandwich like that. And they would sell wine, they sell beer. Man. Uh, now I want a glass of wine. Uh, <laughs> no. Now, of course, the emperor had everything. He had the best seats. He had the 50-yard line seats. Um, he had people fanning him so he wouldn't be hot. Oh, and my they were continuously bringing in grapes and large you know, pheasant and you know whatever the king wanted, the emperor wanted to eat that day. He'd have his fill, pass it off to uh, like his, his queen or or wife, or one of his wives, or and what was left after that service would get, and they get to eat what's left over of it. So I'm sure they were pretty happy because they ate like pretty damn good. Because you know, you cook a whole pheasant, that thing's pretty damn big. So he, you know, the king or the emperor got what he wanted off of it, the wife got what she wanted, and they got to eat the rest of it. Hell, so they ate pretty damn good. <laughs> yes, they did. Greece to just change. 
change the names of them. Okay. Um, but the same if they would go to Gaul, which is France, they would use whatever religion they were. Plus, they'd incorporate after a while into what the Roman gods, they'd start going to the Roman gods, but they'd still call upon their gods that they had in their own country. So, um, yeah, so that's how that worked. Um, you know, most of it was all pagan religion anyway, because... Yeah, so they had their own religion sure. about, about fighting? Yeah, they would use it just like Native Americans. They'll, they'll chant, play the drums before they go to battle. Uh, like Christian people, they'll pray before they go to a battle. Uh, Jewish people will pray before they go to a battle. We'll call upon our Native American uh, spirits and stuff like that, call upon the Great Spirit. And each one like, would use their own method of what they thought would protect them. And most of them thought it was an honor if they got to die in battle. That means they did everything they could, but it wasn't good enough that they were still proud they died with honor because they died in battle. Yeah. I know, I know that they would do, I know like the, the Vikings especially, if you died in a battle, you, you get this elaborate funeral where they put you on a, a, a thing of reeds, put you out in the water, and they put um, pine tar kerosene or whatever they could use as flammable, and they shoot arrows out to it till it caught on fire. And that's how they went to Mahal. Um, I know a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of tribes and stuff. They use it. They call it death by fire instead of fire. Oh, but, I have heard that. Yeah, it, it was it was ceremonial. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost equivalent to the Bible's version: ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You came from dust. You came from the earth. Now we're gonna send you back to the earth. Is what a lot of a lot of them thought. But yeah, when they would pray before battle. Sometimes during battle, they'd wear um, signets like like people wear crosses or, or the Star David, or they'd wear you know whatever symbol they had from their religion or their god, and they would always wear those in battle. And they'd be calling upon their gods as they were fighting too. And, and, and of course, when they when they got almost dying, they were praying to their gods to go to take them, send me home where I'm supposed to go, blah, blah, blah. Valhalla, uh, right? Valhalla was for the Vikings. Um, Rome, uh, they wanted to go to um, Olympus where uh, Zeus was, that was their heaven, where they could be among the gods. Um, you know, this before Christianity became real big, and, and after Constantine made it the official religion of Rome, then, then they all started praying to God, and, you know, wanting to go to heaven. Before then, they were using pagan gods, and they'd ask their pagan god, please take me to 
But it's funny we started talking about tarot cards and you got me into history. <laughs> I know, but there's so much about tarot cards that that you have to know history about. Like take for instance the Oracle of the Fairies. You have to know the fairy legends. Yes. In order to use them. So with this one it's uh fairies are magical and they're guardians of the planet. And they're ultimate spiritual and environmentalists, and they want to use their ancient wisdom. And uh, it talks about connecting to elements and how to reveal their ancient wisdom. Okay. One, and they are beautiful. One Anyways, thing you said. For those um, of you listening, I'll be sure to describe them to you. So yeah. just use your mind's eye because. Um, well, you, you said. You said a magic word there. Elements. Yes. Think about it. Fairies and elementals do exactly the same thing. They're, they do. They are protectors of their land. Uh, fairies or the fae, because the fae is, it describes male and female. Okay, I'm going to do it again, Blaine. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let me get you a little bigger. Okay, so I want you to ask a question this time. Okay. You got it? You want to say it or no? No, hold on. I'm thinking. Uh, these cards are pink, and uh, they've got, like, uh, flower petals all over it. And in the center of the card, there's a key, a gold key. And one's turned upwards, and the other one's turned down. So it, it, it's really beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, like a yin-yang kind of a thing? Yeah, okay. Okay. Do fairies help watch over people that are sensitive? Okay. All right, what do you want me to do? I'm going to stop. Just pick three. I don't care which three you pick. All right, so here we go. I've closed my eyes. Oh, right here at the front. Don't look front. Good enough. There we go. That's what I tell. Okay. Also, I wanted to tell you this while I'm turning these over and getting them right side up. There is a cell phone app that you can download for free and uh, very fun. Hold on. Let me. I'm going to get to it. I want to tell you exactly what it is because it's a trainer. It's a trainer. This is what we used to do on paper, but now you can do it on your phone. Oh, wow. So you're going down the road, and you know you can listen to music, and then when you get stopped, you can do this. It's called ESP Trainer, and it's a blue, yellow, red, green, yellow, red, and blue squares. But you can go to your app store and click on it right and now. download it for free. And uh, it'll say, I don't know if you can see it, but it says stats, options, and then trainer. So if you do that, there's novice, there's duality, there's a bunch of them. And you have to pick the little uh, circles that you feel is the one that the, the app has selected. And I was super tired yesterday. I was traveling, and there's problems with my 
playing, a lot of things going on, just exhausted. And uh, so when I got to the hotel, finally, at a very late period, I had done this in the uh, playing while I was waiting to get off. And if you miss one, it's 83%. And I missed three. I mean, one, one little car. Give that, give that. Like this one, I got them all right and missed the last one. Right. Oh, I was mad. And yeah. finally, I said, push it aside. Give me the name of the app again. my mind. Just, you know, call me. Look, yeah. 100%. Give me the name of the app. Over and over and over. So, Please. let's do some trainers, Wait, too. What is the name of that app, Lee? I want to download it. It's ESP Trainer. If I could type, I'd be dangerous. <laughs> Is it split? Okay. Is it ESP split trainer or just ESP trainer? What mine said was ESP trainer. You might have a different. Do you have an iPhone? No. Okay. I just dropped my glasses. All right. So here we go. The three cards that I pulled for you. There's divination. <laughs> Always something crazy like that happens to us. This means that you need to embrace your powers of divination, which are especially strong right now. No joke. Um, you have the ability to see your current situation with crystal clear clarity. So that means that you are going to uh, know exactly what to do, and uh, your instincts are dead on. The next one, look how pretty she is. Like, look at her. Oh. tree. So cute. The next one is a beautiful woman, dark hair. She's all in purple, and she's got elf ears. So clearly she's a fairy. And it says to believe in magic. Open your eyes and see the magic that's all around you in nature. The fairy of the northern light says you are part of nature, so you are magical. Love it. Yeah. The last one is music. Listen carefully, for there are many messages in the music you hear. Music can lift your soul, it can rekindle your memories, and charms fairies to your door. I've always heard that they were charmed uh, by music. Okay, that, that answered my question there. I asked if they watch over me, and I play music every afternoon. And oh, wow. I feel I've, I've seen them flying through the yard sometimes because um, I know they're not bugs because the way they're shaped. And yeah. They've got a, and they'll have glow to them without any light. And That's right. I've had one land uh, probably about four feet from me, and it was a beautiful creature. It was gorgeous. And it just looked at me and sort of smiled, and it took off and went on its own way. So I was like, maybe I've got another protector. Yeah, I think you do. And it did answer that, that it, you know, play music. So when you're playing music outside, they are drawn to you. So that's awesome. Well, I come out yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. every, every so afternoon. Been a bit of a round circle with, with uh, I 
enjoyed ourselves and and we've talked a bit about divination about history about ancient times and how their spirituality guided them through life and we've talked a bit about tarot cards and how history is part of tarot you have to know the history behind the different characters in each one well especially if you go back to history of tarot cards they started reading those in babylonia Well, you know what's funny? His dad and his sister 
uh, got a card from Stan. The kids are going to join Stan's youth team, and the dad's going to join Stan's team where they can learn because they want to learn as a family. And I said, you're getting the best teachers out there with Stan and Teresa Fikes and their team. They are, people, they are very and, deliberate and knowledgeable. And I, I enjoyed getting to get up and speak. I love watching you and Matt speak. And I love when you ask me to speak with you because I got to sit up there with my family and we got to have fun. Yeah. And because I would say you may as well just come on up. I know. It's like, <laughs> come on up here. You, you're, you're a part of this too. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. But I had so much fun. And I, I want to thank, I want to thank the vendors that were there. Um, and I want to really thank Stan, Stan and Teresa for providing us with a hotel room. And that was haunted. That was haunted. Hey, hey, at least you got grand mine wanting to flush the toilet at, at two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, mine wasn't like that. Mine was uh, putting his hand on my arm. No. See, I, I made my boundaries. Yeah. I, I was thinking it might just be the covers, but when I felt the thumb go under yep. my arm, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and then he stuck his finger in my ear. No, that's when, <laughs> no, that's when I got in bed. I said, look, this is my space. I said, you can walk around the bed all you want to. Do not get in bed with me. Do not touch me. Let me go to sleep. And what I do, I don't sleep. And then I guess he took me serious because he went in there and closed the door. <laughs> Not once, but four times that night. And I know it wasn't me because I'm the only one in the room. And I'm like, this little bastard just flushed the toilet on me. Again. <laughs> I need like, to have your attention. I'm like, if you want to just talk to me, I can hear you because I sure enough can't sleep. Because one, there was a new bed, and there was some poor kid out there that busted his truck up, was out there working on this thing at 3.30 in the morning. He's out there. Yeah. Using a hammer beating, I think he was beating his uh, steering rods back straight. He was in there with the ratchet wrench making all kind of noise. I turned the TV up louder, and, and the Friday night I ended up watching all three versions of uh, Back to the Future. But <laughs> I couldn't sleep. And then, then the next morning I slept fine until about 6.45. And Jennifer called me and told me that the Bohannon got through the fence, which I have now fixed. He can get through that fence no more. <laughs> Good. But, yeah, I want to thank Stan and him for their vendors. He's a curious little rascal. Oh, he's a little nut. But <laughs> Bella was trying to get to I know what it was. The little dog down the street, uh, his name's Taz. He got out, was coming through the hole. Bo was trying to get him, and they have a cat that's black and white, and I think the cat was trying to get to too. And I think that's what Bo was going after. He was going after both the animals to protect his territory. But yeah, going back to Stan and Teresa, the food, the yeah. food truck they have with the barbecue, oh my God. Um, their brisket, their burnt ends were so good. And oh, by the way, thank you for leaving me that whole bag of pig skins. I ate every one of those sitting down <laughs> Sunday yeah, night. I told, I told Jen I was going to leave them for you. I said he didn't really get a chance to try them. I, and they are better God. than he thinks. Oh, I, I could not stop eating the damn things. 
And so good. I, oh, they were so good. And the coffee lady, I mean, she made some, some real good coffee. And Listen, I got a, a gold-covered strawberry. Oh, from Shawana's sister? Oh. Amazing. Yes. It was so good. Yeah. I didn't know that gold could melt like that. Yeah. It was amazing. Then I got a red velvet uh, cake pop and oh. a dark chocolate um, Straight from a 
Gacy kind of a thing. So that man was no different, I promise you. Well, I can tell you that KKK outfit, I tell you, that was one nasty bastard because that some bitch was. Wasn't he though? I was oh like, goodness. dude, you ever wash this thing? Or did you wash yourself? I mean, because you can still see some blood stains. Oh, his soul
standing trees. I'm like, you're fucking with my family, so bye bye. You gotta go. Time to go. And I love it when Stan goes, he is scared to death of you. <laughs> I said, he should be. Well, I'm going to do the Native American blessing. If anybody needs to reach me or Blaine, you can go to www.familyspirit.net and you can put a request in there. I would be happy to hear from you. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, um, Instagram for me as well. And this is called Earth Teach Me. This is a Native American blessing. Earth, teach me quiet as the grasses are still with new light. Earth, teach me suffering as the old stones suffer with memory. Earth, teach me humility as blossoms are humble with beginning. Earth, teach me caring as a mother nurtures her young. Earth, teach me courage as the tree that stands alone. Earth, teach me limitation as the ant that crawls on the ground. Earth, teach me freedom as the eagle that soars in the sky. Earth, teach me acceptance as the leaves that die and fall each year. Earth, teach me renewal as the, as the seed that rises in the spring. Earth, teach me to forget myself as melted snow forgets its life. Earth, teach me to remember kindness as dry fields weep with rain. Thank you for listening to Family Spirit International. Cool. All right, let us get me off. Let us get me off air. Let's get us off air, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to Family Spirit. And let's see. Stop recording and... Yes.